0: All year round, we should always be considering good health practices, such as heart health. Right? We're going to talk about women's health. We're going to talk about something very interesting, very near and dear to my heart. And you hear these stories, and only one person can talk about it: who wrote the papers, who's deep steeped into it. Doctor Hunter Champion. He's coming back again. You maybe saw him on episode four, and uh, you are going to love this podcast because we're going to talk about folks who have a. Broken heart, you can die from a broken heart, and much more. We're going to touch on so many different topics today. Joanne Kogels here, my co host. So stay with us on the Bob Jeswald Show. Personal power,
1: people positive, the community of connection. This is the Bob Jeswald Show.
0: Before I get started, um, Joanne, you said something very, very germane. <laughs> so that was great. Joanne Kogel, it was it was great. The opener is this. Joanne is an early bird, and I'm kind of late, although I love to get up early. And you said it's very, um, you're getting very what? This is
2: uncomfortably close to my bedtime. <laughs>
0: uncomfortably close to my So depending upon what time you're listening to this podcast, it's uncomfortably... Close to Joanne's bedtime. That's a great line. Just for
2: reference, it's like seven o'clock at night. Yeah.
0: Okay. Just when we yeah. do this, yeah. Sometimes we do it in the afternoon. Just FYI, just so you know. But this tonight, we it was a good reason why we did it at yeah. uh, seven o'clock Eastern, six Central. <clears throat> why? Because Doctor Hunter Champion was working all day, and we had to get him out of his work. And but he's not completely out of attire because Doctor Champion, welcome again. You're dressed. The way you usually do. You're very
1: casual. It's a very nice suit. You always wear that. You're not a tie guy, right? Uh, I'm sometimes a tie guy, but I, f- I find it's just a little bit easier with with patients. You know, a lot of times you hear about white coat syndrome and people getting high blood pressure with with white coats. So I j- tend to like just wear a sport coat or something, try to be a little bit more so uh, no, easygoing. Wouldn't be good in your profession to get high blood pressure going. So I'm going to kind of
0: kind of go with you. Okay. okay. I'm taking it off. am taking it off. Taking it tie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Taking it you you taking the tie off. Yeah, why not? And that way I feel like I'm you know, all into this. Joanne doesn't have her tie on, so no. there you go. <laughs> yeah. I'm just kidding. So Joanne had a little introduction to you too. I got two. I got a fitness person here and I got a, a cardiologist there. So this is some great stuff for both of you. Today, you, you've you written, I don't even know how many papers you've written all together in your career. Could you even keep track?
1: I, I think it's somewhere around 300 Jeez. have been published, wow. something
0: like that. And and big, big publishing articles. Mm-hmm. And, and one that's really I say near and dear to your heart, is what you coined the phrase back in '05, which came to one paper, and, I, again, I bring up, I think, of what happened to our wonderful actress, uh, uh, Debbie Reynolds, her daughter, Carrie Fisher. Debbie Reynolds, big performer in Las Vegas, phenomenal actress, loved her. I, I used to work at KLAS, which is right across the street from the Debbie Reynolds uh, uh, Hotel back in the days, and that's long gone, and they had the museum there, Wax Museum, and her daughter's Carrie Fisher, who played, obviously – and the first uh, Star Wars, you know, and she was all the way up to the original ones. And she had passed away from this podcast a couple of years back and, and she, her mom passed away. She passed away right after
1: that because of what something you were writing about. Correct. I mean, it's, uh, it's something that actually this, the, the, beginning of this is actually quite interesting. I was an intern at Johns Hopkins, uh, internal medicine, uh, who ended up being one of my, my colleagues and, and partners in this later, Alon Whitstein, and I had, uh, we were on service together, and we had a couple of patients that came in right around the same time. They, everything looked like a heart attack. They had chest pain. They had shortness of breath. They went into the cath lab. Coronaries were totally clean, uh, but they had really weak hearts. And then one of the other interns had inadvertently ordered an extra echo the following day, and their ejection fraction was really low at the time of their initial catheterization. And the next day, had come back up by about half. So, you know, really, really low function, and then it improved some. And so we said, wow, that's really weird. And uh, it just so happened, it was just kind of an observation. So about two days later, we had another lady that we we later called her Wacky Jackie because she was a very (laughs) anxious person. And she had actually had a a fight with a loved one, and she had the exact same thing. So we just said we were on service, and Lon said, hey, why don't we just order another Echo and see if it gets better? So sure enough, her function had gotten better. And literally, literally in a two week time span, we had four patients that came in with the, the most unique was the one who was actually on our 2020 piece together. And uh, she'd actually had a birthday party. She was 65. It was a big surprise birthday party. And boy, was she surprised. She saw people that she had not seen for 20 years. And so she's flitting around the room, all happy. And then all of a sudden she goes, I need to go to the hospital. And so she comes in, she's on a balloon pump. I mean, she's on all this, 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 uh, you know, support and her cart cath was totally clean. And so after that, our, our then partner as well, Jeff Raid, who was doing the cath, he leaned over and he said, "Uh, what'd you do tonight? And she said, uh, she's had a surprise birthday party. And he goes, okay. So we started seeing these, this, this kind of happen. So we started developing, you know, a protocol. Mm -hmm. We said, what could be causing this? And really, I was just most fascinated by the, by the mind body connection. And you go all the way back to the Bible, Job's heart felt heavy. And so, so this is one of those. And if you're actually at, uh, if you're at Mount Vernon, there's a, an obelisk where one of the Washington family died and his wife died two days later of a broken heart. And so we just had called it broken heart syndrome for so long. And then uh, then we finally published the paper in New England Journal, and they weren't stupid. They published it four days before Valentine's Day in ah, 2005. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we got a lot of acclaim for that. You know, and in, in, although we
0: knew there was like a broken heart syndrome, you, like as you said, Old Testament times, you go back to Job, you know, why me, why me? And then, you know, all these chapters of gird up, and, you know, cut it out, start, you know, you know start, you know. Some people that don't let them judge you, you know, right. get up and do it. But to really actually publish a paper, it got to the point now you're publishing this paper. What was it that made, how do you get that, that publishing right to that to say, Hey, look, we, we did this about broken heart. Cause nobody really, really looked into if broken heart was real or not. It was just somebody was like a quip, maybe just saying, ah, there's probably broken heart, but you substantially was able to document and find the medical connection there
1: between mind and Body, so to Co- speak. Correct. And, and what we really showed and what really was the seminal part of that paper was the fact that we showed that, it, that, that what happens with a sudden emotional stress, and these a lot of these things are acute, um, you know, sudden death of a loved one, uh, fight with a loved one, uh, being reunited with a child that was given away years ago, Th- you know, things that are sudden and emotional, um, we, we actually linked mm-hmm. that to a sudden release of adrenaline. And, and that sudden release of the adrenaline actually can stun the heart. And so, so we think that it's kind of a, uh, there's a protective mechanism so that, you know, the heart gets all this adrenaline that may kill myocytes. It might kill some of, the, some of the muscles. And so as a way to protect itself, the heart kind of sh- shuts down and, and kind of goes into hibernation as far as the muscle goes. But we know it can kill you. I mean, we've, we've, we've seen it and, and uh, you know, had, have had a lot of other research since that time uh, devoted to it, both physical stressors, but also emotional.
0: Scary, because emotional can be happy versus sad too. So you were talking about broken heart, but it could be something that's gratifying, beautiful, but that emotion could be enough to trigger a heart attack. Sure. Wow. How often does that happen with somebody who... Has a happy, happy moment or something that just really accelerates the adrenaline.
1: So we, we published this. Uh, it's actually we have a we had a large database at Hopkins, and then a large database at University of Pittsburgh, where where I was before coming to Columbus, and uh, and we actually published about uh, it's a much smaller percentage that's happiness. So, okay, but but sure. but, uh, but but surprise birthday party was one. A wedding proposal would be another. Reunited being reunited with someone that you've been you know estranged from things like that. Um, much, much more common. It's, it's more devastating type of news. And, you know, if you think about kind of how we receive news now, it's so much different, mm-hmm. you know, actually in the Arab uh, culture, uh, if someone's passing away in the hospital, they oftentimes will not let family see the patient and they say, you know, oh, they're very sick, very sick. So they kind of let them down easy, Uh, over the course of 24 to 36 hours whereas if you think now it's kind of like you know you pick up the phone say oh hey so and so from the hospital you know uh, mom's passed it's like what and so so that sudden emotion is really kind of what seems to be the trigger for it. Do you prescribe to that if there was a patient you had
0: like to say I mean because you're a cardiologist not like you're at that moment where people are dying but let's just say do you recommend that to if you know somebody they have a loved one you know, other docs that do that too. Like we're going to let them down easy going that little stage. So it's not a, an abrupt, uh, we'll use the word acute uh, yeah. way of telling them that your loved one has just
1: passed. Well, I, th- I think, I think everyone has empathy. And I, and I mm. think part of the problem that we have sometimes nowadays is it's, is it's very much of a business type of thing, right? It's a, uh, it's meaning it's, 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 it's black, white, it's, it's on off. It's, 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 Hey, I'm going to tell you about this, you know, I'm going to get it out quickly. And I think a lot of times people forget that, Hey, you know, they've been living with this person for 60, 70 years, and 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 this is someone that's very dear to them. This isn't just like saying, you know, because in the in the medical profession, we have people all the time who who pass away, and we deal with that, and and, and sometimes we're 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 not as we're not as, we don't we don't recognize how emotionally charged it is for the patient's family. So I think I think you know it's really important to kind of think about that before we ever try try to deliver mm-hmm. deliver bad news. And so you know, we I talk about that all the time as you know trying to. We used to call it laying crepe Uh, things like that. But, uh, but, you know, just try try to ease into it. And and, and, and in some cases, you know, you you try to look at the positive side. So, you know, at least they didn't suffer and and things like that. And really try try to be empathetic to the patient and their family in that regard. And so as opposed to, you know, just call up the phone and say, hey, guess what? I got news. You know, I,
0: and I'm making, here's something, here's a moment I'm thinking, and how many times have you heard prank phone calls? So I won't call anybody out, but there's a lot of shows I love listening to on radio in the morning. And one in particular is that there's a comedian, and he does all these jokes, and he somebody says, you got to prank this person. And they, it gets really emotional, although I'm laughing at somebody's anguish for their moment before they let them down and say, guess what? I, I just want to let you know I'm so-and-so from the so-and-so show, and this is what I'm doing, letting you down. But I often wonder what's the danger of that. I mean, what do you guys think? I mean, when they is that is that a smart thing to do? Well, I can tell you, I darn sure don't do it. Okay, yeah, you, <laughs> yeah, I know. That would be that, that job would, security. That, exactly, come on, exactly right. Well, if he did, right. yeah, you'd, right. you'd be gaining a lot of a lot of patients, right. mm-hmm. <laughs> not in the right way. Right. But I mean, why? So I mean, how often does that happen? You know, I suppose there'd be a question to address to somebody's talk show host that think it. You know, these comedians, sure. it is quite funny. Humor's good, mm-hmm. but at the expense of what? Where do we draw the line before right. we might be teetering on something that could cause somebody to have a, a heart attack?
1: Sure. Well, I mean, you, we see this all the time. You know, sudden, uh, you, know, you coming from Buffalo, New York, yeah. or from London, Ontario. I mean, you know, ah, uh, uh, all, all, the, all the time you have, uh, you, we, hear, we used to see it all the time in Pittsburgh. Oh, the first big snow of the year. Mm-hmm. Here come the heart attacks. You know, you haven't been exerting yourself, and now suddenly you exert yourself. We're, we're kind of doing that the same way, but emotionally. Um, I think because it was so rare in the past, it was just not really recognized. They used to always say, oh, well, it was probably a heart attack and the blood clot dissolved. And so that's why everything was fine. And, and, and you don't see anything on the cardiac catheterization. Heck, we were front page of the New York Times above the fold, as they say, on the right side. So we had great coverage. And, and actually, they interviewed uh, the former head of uh, heart failure for Columbia Presbyterian. And they said, well, what do you think about this? And she, she's, she's always been a long friend, but she goes, it sounds intriguing, but I'm not buying it. And so we've had our naysayers and, sure. and, uh, and, and, and that kind of thing. In fact, there was a lot of that discussion after, um, after we published this big paper. Um, but, but as time goes on, I mean, since that time, we now have an ICD-10 code for it. So you can actually di- make the diagnosis. And, and that's why now you're seeing a lot of press about how the diagnosis of stress cardiomyopathy, as we also call it, or broken heart syndrome, how that skyrocketed during the post-COVID era.
0: Myopathy, just so people know, is inflammation. Weakness. Weakness. Weakness or Mm -hmm. drop usually from inflammation and weakens the
1: heart tissue or something. else. Certainly can be. Or or another reason, blood or or lack of blood, that kind of thing. So cardiomyopathy, heart weakness. Okay. So at
0: least we can equate that a little bit. Mm -hmm. You know, um, in the paper, what's in the paper that you can argue with that lady and say... You know, here this is why this
1: is a real deal. How do we? How do you? How do you come up with that study? Well, so you know, we, we 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 chronicled about twenty people at that time with just emotional stress. Now it can happen with physical stress. We see it with anything, you know, anything that involves the neck. So. COPD flare. We had we had right. one guy that we called General So's cardiomyopathy because he ha- he choked on Chinese food. <laughs> oh gosh, and it's, you say,
0: and it's spelled T-S-O, TSO. Not, TSO. not S exactly. O. S-O.
1: What you
2: don't know is that your doctors are giving you nicknames, right? <laughs> hey, yeah. it's a hippo hippa
0: thing, so we're making sure we're not saying All names are protected here. Just want everyone <laughs> a- to know. Absolutely, all names protected. Absolutely,
1: but but you know, and yeah. I and I think I think you know it's. It's diff- It's just like anything. It's it's like the people who first started Facebook. It's the people who first started an app. You know, you know, you get the naysayers. This will never work. You know, my wife's starting her business. You know, this will never work. And then, yeah. you know, you know you're an entrepreneur when, when when you say one day this is the greatest thing I've ever done. I'm so happy I did this. And then, then the next day you're like, what have I gotten myself into? And so you know, we had naysayers certainly, but at the same time we believed in it. We saw it. Um, we got comfortable with it. We we started amassing this 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 group of this data set and. Uh, and then once we put that out there, we started seeing just this incredible influx of new publications like case reports, like so-and-so saw this in California or, oh, yeah, we've seen that too and, and that type of thing. And so, so it's incredibly gratifying when you, you know, when you start off and say, uh, you know, start off with something that, that you're kind of like, gosh, you know, are we doing the right thing here? You know, is, is this real? Is it not? You know, are we, is it coincidence? Um, and then suddenly you realize, hey, this is actually you know, something new.
0: You're a specialist. You're a cardiologist. It's, you got your general doctors out there and then you got your cardiologist too. Um, it goes really in depth in the study of the whole vascular system and the heart. Uh, Joanne is a trainer too. Do you recommend that people see a doctor first before? What? And I guess I never really assume that, you know, I come to your gym, I'm working out. Do you have them fill anything out? What, what is oh, the yeah, protocol? Well, yeah, How does that work? We have an work?
2: extensive weight, waiver process. And then, uh, I mean, it's always recommended that if anything pops up on that waiver or that questionnaire that there's, <clears throat> that they recommend that, or we recommend that they clear it with their doctor. So we do rely a little bit on people's honesty. Uh, but at the same time, I mean, there's a there's a clause in there that they are required to talk to their doctor. So.
0: We talked about the widow maker
2: yep. <clears throat>
0: before. And, you know, that's, that's one that always kind of scares me. And I, I want to try to stay back on top of what we were talking about earlier. But, how do you know if somebody goes to work out at gym at a gym or and, you know we had um I can tell you this was several years ago uh, I was at a, the local uh, one of the local Y branches here and I just happened to be there at the time where we had a, first time I ever used an uh, you know AED machine yep. you know and um and it worked mm-hmm. but he did eventually pass away but I was with another guy who was a retired Army Ranger we had you know we had that on last week and uh, with Brandon but it, it's it, it's incredible to see how Somebody's there one minute and how frightening it is. He was on a machine, I thought he was just kind of closing his eyes, relaxing. He had a stroke, is what, what happens, what we were told later by his wife. And um, it happened so suddenly. I mean, is this is it both you guys? I mean, even Joy, could you identify? Is there something that maybe I, I always hit myself say, God, I wish there was something I could have seen on him. Th- does the skin change a color? Could I have mm-hmm. inter- intervened earlier, or is there anything you can do with something like that or not?
1: Well, I think, I think you know, at the end of the day, you know, it's kind of like the serenity prayer. Let's change the things we have the power to control. Try not to worry about the things we can't control and have the grace to know the difference. So part of what we do in the office, we oftentimes will get people saying, hey, you know, I'm 40 pounds overweight, I want to start an exercise regimen. I used to be an athlete. Um, You know, I get some shortness of breath. I get some chest pain. You know, what do you think I want to try to get back into shape? Um, What should we do? So we do a full risk assessment first, and then kind of based on their symptoms and that type of thing, we will oftentimes just just do some basic testing. Um, If they meet criteria and we feel like they should have a stress test, we can do a full stress test to look to see if there is any sign of blood flow abnormalities there. Okay. One of the things that, that we have at at, uh, at our office that's unique that I brought down with us from Hopkins is actually a cardiopulmonary exercise test. And this is probably one of the greatest tests that we have. It's it uh, it really is. We give you what looks like a scuba diver's mouthpiece, and and I do I've sponsored a Ram team that race across America with bicycles and things like that. And and so we used to have all the elite athletes come, and we have people in Pittsburgh come you know, get this test done. But it gives you an overall idea of what your fitness is. But for the average person, what it helps with, especially with shortness of breath, is it lets us know. It gives about thirty different parameters of heart and lungs function by gas exchange. And so it lets us know what part of your shortness of breath is from the heart, what part may be from the lungs, oh, that's a great what, what part is from how the heart and lungs are working together, not working with it, what part of it's just conditioning. So kind of what I tell people, it allows us to give you an exercise prescription, essentially, and be able to say, Hey, you know, you're going to get hot, you're going to get sweaty, you're out of shape, you know, but, but, but you
0: strap something on you. Is there like a you got like some kind of, uh, what do you call it? Like a chest thing or how, how do they measure this? Oh, on this,
1: this, this week, it's, it's the gas exchange. So we're measuring just o- oxygen uptake. and I carbon come dioxide. right in. Mm-hmm. I can do right in your office. Yes, I think. Gotcha. exactly. It's done on a step stool. It's a, uh, it's a, uh, it's, it's a great piece of equipment that gives you an overall VO2 max and that type of thing. And, and the beauty of it is it's designed to be able to work with all the way from elite, elite athletes to people, a nonagenarian, uh, you know, that it's a little frail. And yeah. so, so that's a great thing there. And, you know, just basic things. And, and again, you know, uh, make sure blood pressure is okay, things like that. Uh, and, uh, and then, you know, say, hey, get out there and get to work and, 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 and do it. I mean, the whole point of us doing these things is so that you can enjoy life, exercise, be healthy, and, and that and that type of thing.
0: Joanne does, um, you know, you, she has a boutique gym, and she it's CrossFit. Uh, and she also does like a lot of cardio too. Yeah. So with that breathing cardio, you start cardio, what, what is your like, what would you say is the most intense cardio you guys do?
2: I mean, it varies from. I mean, if you look at the definition of CrossFit, it's you know, it's varied modalities across. Or it's it's basically it's going to be different every single um, every single day, and so it might be six minutes of super high intensity where you think you're going to die, and <laughs> uh, one day, or it might be like today's workout that was you know twenty five minute uh, twenty five minutes more of a sustained workout mm-hmm. where, um, you know, you can kind of survive and pace yourself um i mean we have a really good relationship with a lot of doctors in town a lot of pts uh and so we're we end up i think i think i told you last week we end up being a little bit of a rehab center Mm -hmm. um so that's just our that's just our niche so we have um you know we're kind of the middle-aged older crowd and it's people who are trying to get back in in shape um mom the mom squad and you know the dad The dads that come in. Um, And so our programming, while we're programmed to our highest athlete, which may be, you know, dude coming out of uh, ranger school, we are able to scale um, those workouts appropriately to whatever somebody's athletic level is. So, I mean, it may be like one of our OGs, Elsie, who's, you know, she's probably going to kill me if I guess on her age, but it's more than 60. Uh, Good and for her though, maybe close to seventy. So I mean, anywhere from, you know, from somebody like Elsie to you know our twelve-year-old eighth-grade student.
0: And speaking of which, younger kids, which you make you make me think of this, is Joanne's <clears> saying, <throat> "Where do we know, you know, somebody?" Now I'm gonna I'm gonna kind of move into COVID real quick, and then we can talk about that. You hear about this, you know, paroxys. Pericarditis. My, my, my if I'm saying this correctly. Um, oh, wow. Mitral. You got another me. cup of coffee. Yeah, I need another cup of coffee. It's 7 p.m., but I, This is when I drink coffee. I just want to let you right. know. Is that good for the heart? Let me just ask you that. Is coffee okay for that? So heart? one of my
1: colleagues is actually the yeah. one that showed that uh, that moderate coffee intake does not change your blood pressure. So so All so, so, you so are absolutely not helping the cause. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you, Doctor Champion. I'm a ta- 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 <laughs> I'm a big believer in coffee. Salute.
2: <laughs> Salute. There nice. you go. Can, but go. <laughs> can you imagine, Bob, on more than one cup of coffee? <laughs>
1: Right? <laughs> exactly. I know. But, 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 but the, my, the myocarditis and yes. pericarditis yes. is an issue that we see. Younger people tend to be more susceptible to it. Uh, before COVID, we actually still had a lot of pericarditis and myocarditis. They were just caused by other viruses, like Coxsackie virus is very common, and a lot of other viruses as well. So is it safe um, to assume, do viruses cause a heart to inflame? Correct.
0: In a lot of cases. In many cases. Okay. Correct. Okay, okay. Correct. interesting.
1: And, uh, and it, can go, it can be as debilitating as moving someone very rapidly toward a transplant. It can be something that you get over it after a week or two, or, or some people don't even know they end up having it. So it's, uh, it, can, it can span a huge, huge range in terms of. So a Joanne severity. has a range of
0: 70-year-old to, you know, young, preteen, you know, tween or mm-hmm. whatever may be in between. And that being said, with that, is this something that we, are you good with that? Oh, Let's absolutely. Let's go out and actually go in and get it. There's nothing wrong with getting cardio. If I'm swimming, and I'm a little short of breath some days, and I push myself that extra, when oh. do I know when to stop before I'm going to face plan? I,
2: I think the body just knows when to stop. Yeah, I mean, okay. you can totally correct me. When, I mean, there are some crazy people out there that don't know when to stop, but yep. most of the time, the, the mind is going to fail before the body. Right. Okay, that's yeah. good to know. No, no but that's,
0: yeah. that's, a, that's a good question because... I, I never mean, understood you're, that. You're, I'm always your thinking.
2: Your mind my... is kind of like your safety mm-hmm. and it's going to be like abort that mission. Yeah. But I,
0: I know when, I mean, I like, I can push myself. I may stop mm-hmm. a little bit, of, you know, a little short of breath, got a little bit of uh, athletic induced mm-hmm. asthma. I know chlorine in a pool can, you know, cause some kind of chemical reaction here, you know, as you're breathing in and sure. make you, your nose get inflamed. And I get that problem. I'm just horrible with chlorine, but I love to swim. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was the other day, I was sneezing all last night cause it makes me sneeze in there. And, um, but I was thinking there was moments that, you know, I felt good. I was pushing. I never had chest pain or anything like that. But I think I knew that I could keep going. Is that is, and, uh, because you said to mind, right, Joanne and, yeah. and Dr. Champion? A, a,
1: absolutely. I mean, I think, I think at the end of the day, probably one of the things that I say more times than not during the course of the day is just listen to your body. Okay. And, um, and, and you know, especially if you're severely deconditioned, I say, listen, listen to your body. When your body says, let's stop and take a break, you stop and take a break. Get your win back and then get right back after it. And so I think that's a key thing. I agree with with Joanne completely. I think your mind does know uh, when it's time, and, and you got to be a little careful with uh, with you know pushing it. Mm-hmm. Um, but but there's nothing to be, nothing nothing wrong with you know stopping and taking a break.
0: I like that. And so um, then this is my next question: If you know if we're sitting here, people who are super sedentary, when you hear people say, "Well, I just can't do it," what would be the circumstance that somebody because you work with post-cardiac cardiac patients, or maybe somebody who just had a triple bypass, mm-hmm. quadruple bypass, but they're back in the I've seen people walk. At, okay. I've seen people at, at her gym, and I've seen people in her triathlons that had heart attacks and they're walking a marathon mm-hmm. or jogging it, so... What, why is that? Because people think that it's not a good thing, but it's, it's important to do that.
1: It is. And I think the I think the important way is, is how you handle it. So for us, if someone's post-bypass surgery or post-stenting, then they we get them enrolled in cardiac rehab. And so cardiac rehab is a great thing. They go, it starts off low level. They're monitoring the patient's EKG, their blood pressure while they're kind of getting back up to speed. I mean, remember their heart is getting blood that it wasn't getting, you know, for many, many years. And now suddenly they're kind of Going in, and then uh, and then we have pulmonary rehab for lung patients as well. So, you know, I have patients all the time that say, "Yeah, you know, I'd love to go go walk for, go for a walk down the street at our champion, but how do I know I'm gonna make it back?" And so, you know, I say, you know, that, that's the good part about about you know, doing it in a facility like Joanne's, but also you know, in cardiac and pulmonary rehab, so that you can say, "Hey, I know that I can go this distance at this pace for this amount of time, and I'm not going to hurt myself." And if and something happens, you got people there. Exactly. God forbid, like the story I told you at the Y, we're able to exactly. get the AED
0: machine on. But the other
1: head. thing that I, that I see more than anything is is the frustration of patients. And, and so I think a lot of times patients kind of in their, in their mind, they feel like, well, if I don't get back to my high school weight, I'm not doing myself any good. <laughs> and that is absolutely categorically <laughs> wrong.
2: <laughs> so and, my dad. <laughs> there you go.
1: Yeah, yeah. And then, Hopefully and then, he yeah. doesn't listen
2: I'll to I'll leave Bob alone. Leave Bob alone.
1: Uh. And I, and I tell patients all the time, I said, you know, how does every marathon start? It's one step. And how do you eat an elephant? One bite at a time. You know, all those kind of cliche kind yeah, of things. Right. But, but at the same time, I mean, it really is fitting. And mm-hmm. so, um, and then I also follow that up with, I t- end up telling my patients all the same stuff I tell my kids. You know, the only place in the world where success comes before work is in the dictionary. <laughs> if you want to get success, you got to put the work in and, uh, and, and that kind of thing. And, you know, try to, try to be a motivator and get it, get get I mean, you do this all the time. You're a good motivator too, Bob, well, but, but, uh, but, 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 you know, um, try to, try to, try to be a good, you know, cheerleader and a good motivator for them and tell them they can do it. In fact, I will tell you, there's actually data showing that really, as far as weight loss goes for, for cardiovascular benefit, really the vast majority of the benefit that you get is in the first 15 to 20% of weight loss. So COVID has, has brought two things. You know, we always talk about kids going to college and gaining the freshman 15. Sure. I've had a lot of patients getting the COVID-19. And yeah. so, Ooh, <laughs> so. You know, I
2: read somewhere it was a COVID-40. You can do that too. I, is I, there COVID-40? There, like there that? is, but,
1: COVID but, uh, but I've had a lot of patients who that, but I've also had probably a group of 20 patients who've actually, you know, like we put a gym in my, in my, in the third bay of our garage and my, my 21 year old picked about 20 something pounds of muscle. And so, uh, but we've also had a lot of patients who've actually lost 20, 25 pounds and they call me up and they're like, you know, they text me, they say, Jim, I'm so dizzy. What's going on? I'm like, what's your blood pressure? And then, then come to find I'm like, okay, well, let's back off these medicines. Then finally I find out, oh, you lost 25 pounds. Why the heck didn't you tell me, you know, when you lose the 25 pounds, you can go maybe from three blood pressure medicines to one yeah. or none. Sure. And, and, and it really is surprising from like, wow, I didn't realize that I, could, I didn't have to lose you know, 60 pounds in order to have real benefit. And, you know, it's interesting because the patients that really complain about being on so many medicines, I tell them, I said, listen, seriously, if you'd lose a little bit of weight, you'd probably be able to get rid of some of these.
0: That, that's amazing you said the, the, it's only the first 15% of that that loss mm-hmm. it, but it, beyond that is it it's kind of like the anaerobic and uh, exercising you, you see people well if you're you see some people they are overweight and they go God that guy's a runner or she's a runner but they still got a little bit of that little midsection going there love handles you don't lose that until you're burning burning fat it's right. better to burn fat or cardio or both? I mean, would you bet? Would you be rather having it's both? A question to both of you: Is it better to have a stronger heart and be a little bit overweight? I know that I'm splitting hairs here, but I mean, or or the other way around, JoJo.
2: Oh well, I mean, if you're if uh, would you rather this have is a, a better loaded qu- loaded question? Yeah, <laughs> right. And I, I just I because I've heard I mean, people ask. I mean, this. if you're doing a lot of uh, from from a heart stand, I mean, obviously your heart is going to be what's keeping you alive. So better heart health is is better than nothing but uh, you know the loaded statement on the you know if you're a runner and you're still a little bit over i mean there are other things to do bad knees come from it or something else. no i mean like there are other things to come combat that that extra that extra body fat like lifting heavier weights and doing strength training i mean it's not all about cardio cardio is great and it's great for heart health for sure but uh, you're touching a dangerous subject here. <laughs> I no, I am, I, and me. that's why I challenge you. Yeah. To, I challenge yeah. you.
1: And dietary for that moment. Yeah, so yeah. doctor I mean, champion, between, we're talking yeah. about eating. Between, our, our, between
2: dietary and mm-hmm. and actually lifting, lifting weights that are heavier than what you, for the majority of people, think that they should. I mean, we're not talking like high rep. There's a place and there's a time and place for something like body pump, but when we're talking about like. Especially after the age of forty, Bob. Okay, that's you a know. coffee talking. Yeah, you know. <laughs> after the age of forty, we start losing our muscle mass, and yeah. so you know it's it's hard to lose that body fat. How can we get it back
0: though? I don't want way. to lose that, and I know that gets into hormones You lift some probably. heavy weights, Bob. Just keep lifting heavy yeah. weights. Okay, so that yeah. w- I mean, that's you have to like,
2: you have to stimulate your you have to stimulate your muscles. Okay, so. okay. ABM. Yeah, yeah. Always Which be
0: moving. Always be moving. I like it. Great acronym. So many acronyms. ABM. I like it.
1: I'll always be moving. Well, but and, you know, just kind of going back to the point yeah. about the, the weight loss. I mean, what's amazing if you look at people who have bariatric surgery. You know, yeah, they, yeah. they come in on fifteen medicines. They've got terrible sleep apnea. They've got terrible hypertension, diabetes, all these weight related illnesses. And then, you know, in the first month and a half after bariatric surgery, they may go from four hundred pounds to three hundred and fifty pounds. But in that first month, the the, oftentimes the diabetes is gone the blood pressure is gone the, the sleep apnea is gone and so so really it's as I said before it's, it's kind of like that first, you get the maximum benefit from that first bit that first you bit, lose yeah. and uh, and it's absolutely staggering when you see people you know who who, who are like wow well, wow I thought I'd have to get back down to 180 in order to be off all these medicines
0: is there any data now supporting uh, from the last time we spoke and, and Joanne wasn't here at that one but we were back in July uh, 21 and now Episode four. Episode four. Remember, still, episode still four. I'm, I still hold
1: a Absolutely. little grudge. I'm not top know, three, still, but that's okay. He, top five. Top five is okay. wanted
0: to be number one. It's, it's because okay. your schedule was so busy. I could Fair not enough. get a hold of him. He's the toughest guy to get a hold of. <laughs> I'll text one. him like months ahead of time. Salty that you were in number <laughs> one. You know, salty. You're not number one. That's right. That, that's not good for your blood pressure too. By the way, anyway. don't be too salty, Doctor Jammer. <laughs> <laughs> right. So check your BP. I like that. So, um, but would do we see any problems now? The people who had COVID, are you seeing people post COVID that, you know, hey, you know, even those who probably were vaccinated, unvaccinated, mm-hmm. whatever. Either mm-hmm. way, they had COVID. Mm-hmm. Are they having some issues? Are we seeing it was a temporary cardio? issues from having
1: covid. So it can be incredibly frustrating for a lot of patients and there is something that we've kind of termed long haul covid or long haulers and things like that. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of a constellation of problems and and so so you know you see people that have covid they get over it in 5 days and boom everything's fine. You see people that takes a month you know, that kind of thing but really what we see a lot of is a lot of autonomic dysfunction. So we see a lot of patients who complain of palpitations, fast heart rate, slow heart rate, they feel dizzy, you know a lot of that We see a lot of, it seems to be more cardio, cardio neuro where it's like, uh, I'm getting getting dizzy when i stand up quickly it's a lot of you know uh, position changes things like that okay. you can still have peric and then you can have recurrent pericarditis one of my good friends actually from the athens area comes to see me he's he's had i think six bouts of pericarditis just after covid and he's and this is a guy who was a wow. relatively young guy in his 40s uh, avid runner his son ran track at, uh, at at georgia he's just an incredible incredible athlete and he's all been all but kind of debilitated for this and so you know it's it's uh it's frustrating for them. In fact, a lot of times people think like, you know, I'm not crazy. I know something's going on. And, and oftentimes a lot of the testing, we do stress tests, you know, all the echo looks good and lung function tests look good. And so, so it's hard to really, you know, reassure these patients. I will say that there, there are post-COVID clinics that have opened up in Atlanta. So Emory operates one, Piedmont does as well. That's good. And, uh, and I think, and I, I generally recommend that for a lot of my patients who do have this just because they'll be more likely to be involved in a a potential research protocol, cutting-edge technology, they can get cardiac MRIs, things like that that we may not be able to offer down here. So that's one of the things that I really highly recommend for people if if they're concerned about post-COVID syndrome and things like that um, to, to be evaluated. So when will we have a paper Wh- how long would it take cuz that's what you do too I mean you
0: you write these papers you you in, you, know, you really delve into these 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 deep topics with cardiovascular health and much more and even even pulmonary too cuz they all go hand in hand so when do we get some concrete data that you think would be with confidence, is it going to be years away? Are we like 10 years away? It, is it going to be some it, time?
1: It, it's probably going to be years. It, yeah, and, and, I, and I think the problem, problem. The, the issue there is, is it's, 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 it's not something that happens to everyone. It's a relatively small percentage of people who have had COVID. Um, there is some discussion about some people having something similar to that after vaccination, but but, but the bottom line is is that is that uh, because of the numbers of, of people and then how the, the symptoms can be so varied, you know you've got to amass a certain number of people with a certain sim, with, with similar symptoms and similar outcomes and then and then test those things and I mean heck we're, if you think about it we're really only two years into our overall knowledge of this condition that's true and, and this, so yeah. and uh, and you know I've had people who've been incredibly frustrated and then after five or six months seems things seem to kind of get better um, you know, I generally just say, Hey, you know, you got to live your life. And, and, you know, if you get a little dizzy, you get dizzy and just kind of learn what your limits are and, and and that kind of thing. And, you know, don't get your, your rear end on your shoulders and get too upset about it and that kind of thing. And, you know, for lack of a better term, suck it up and just move on.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's good advice. I mean, you'd have to do that. Any intrepidation on people, maybe even going and joining, I don't know if you ask people too. I mean, if somebody has that, that little bit of dizziness and they you know, maybe I need to go work out. What's the recommendation then to go to a gym and work out? Is it something, have you heard of any fallout from that where people have gotten into a routine of some high cardio exercises or whatever it may be and all of a sudden come back and say, geez, I couldn't even do that. have okay,
1: people pass out. And in fact, I saw three people today in the office that so, had, an, had an episode of passing out at some point, you know, and, and I think the key thing is, is what are the circumstances? So, you know, I always get, get, uh, get concerned when, when someone says, yeah, I was working out. And next thing I know, they were splashing water in my face and I had a broken nose. You know, that right. kind of thing. I get more concerned about passing out when it's, uh, when it's uh, uh, sudden and you didn't feel it. If you feel bad before it happens, that's actually a pretty good sign. Um, but but things, that, things that are triggers for that, standing up quickly, uh, putting your, bending over to pick, like pull a weed or pick something up, putting your, putting your head below your rear end and then popping up quickly. Dizziness and shortness of breath is actually very common with that. And especially as we get older, that happens more frequently. Um, one guy today um, had gotten out of a hot shower, and so remember, you know, heat, well, that would make sense. Yeah. heat and humidity, vasodilate, and so he, he dropped his blood pressure. Um, so I think the, the bottom line is what's causing it and what are the circumstances. So, so if, if someone's getting dizzy, then, you know, things that we kind of look at is look at your risk factors. You know, could it be that you have carotid artery disease? Do you have, are you having any arrhythmia? So we put monitors on people to watch their EKGs over a period of time. Those kind of things.
0: That's, that, that's, that's pretty good.
1: We'll do a stress test yeah. uh, just to see you know, what happens with their heart rate uh, uh, when they exert themselves, that type of thing. And with stress,
0: and they call it a stress test, mm-hmm. is that mainly with people who have stress, or just a stress test is the term given because
1: most of the time it's a stress Induced kind of thing because of whatever it may be. Correct. So we're in that case we're looking for blockages, we're looking for blood flow abnormalities between rest and then under stress conditions. We generally use the term stress just because there are different ways we can do the stress test. You know, the type, the type the type we really like to do is the exercise stress test. We actually put you on a treadmill. We're able to watch your EKG when you exert yourself. Uh, but for some people who have orthopedic issues or or um, or uh, get so symptomatic that they can't do that, we have chemical stress tests and things like that to try to get get around some of the 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 orthopedic. Type of issues. Mm-hmm. When I get up high, I had a stress test done
0: in in your clinic uh, mm-hmm. uh, several years ago because I was there was some stuff going on, palpitations, all that, you know, just typical stuff. And again, was it stress related? Probably. I mean There was something going on, and you know, I didn't change my workout routine. I was still doing stuff, you know, with Joanne or whatever I was doing at the time. But it wasn't my fault. Was it wasn't your <laughs> fault. I swear it wasn't. She she didn't never upsets me. She's too. She's very laid back. <laughs> There's nothing that would upset Joanne to get me upset <laughs> or anybody else around her. But the but the increase of intensity when my heart rate accelerated mm-hmm. at one point in the stress test was probably when it was elevating the, the treadmill. Yep. There was a little purr, little flutter. Purr flutter when i was getting and i try to pay attention to that if i am running like a last half marathon i did and i think i noticed it a couple times and because i what i did was i start at the very end of the line i was doing a you know, little uh, program with our news was live mm-hmm. and i actually started running with the people who walk who are you know people who had some health conditions and i ran non-stop mm-hmm. and i ran to pass everybody until i can you know pass no more until i'm at the finish line but i did notice it a couple of times so it always always makes me think about it it's a weird feeling but i've been i've been through it so many times so by now something like me and if there's anyone else out there who has something similar to this is that anything is that common or is it is it something I what would be the problem with that would, so, would, so would it,
1: it's coming you know there are, there are benign arrhythmias they're benign extra heartbeats that you get certainly when you're revved up and your adrenaline you're singing eye of the tiger in your in your mind sure, when uh, you're trying uh, to pass the tiger, all these folks tiger, and everything oh yeah i'm singing um, you the whole time. Uh, sure. when, you're, when you're doing that then uh then, then certainly it's not uncommon the adrenaline release is is going to have some 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 increased heart rate uh, uh things you know we we oftentimes will then that's part of what we do on the stress test we look to see are you going into something more concerning like atrial fibrillation or atrial flutter things like that
0: if you look at Dylan right now, you guys, look—he looks like he's ready to face plant. I think he needs a cup of coffee. He's been up all day. He's you been drank at school. The last one. I drank the last. Yeah, the last. Yeah, it's, that's it. I got the last I'm coffee. Chilling. Are you just chilling? Is that how you look? I'm good. I'm okay, good. good. <laughs> so, but I mean, somebody like somebody like Dylan's. I'm he's, thinking, do I need to go to the? You know, <laughs> yeah, but I mean, he's a thin guy. I'm going to pick on you for a second, Dylan, only because you know for older. But Dylan, you're what twenty? Twenty. Twenty. Uh, yeah, twenty those, flat. Twenty flat. 20, twenty years old. You don't really. I'm trying to get him to work out with us mm-hmm. with our. You know our. He had the channel. opportunity
2: he, to come run with us. He, he sure did, that. and he did Wait, did I? Yes. Yeah. Oh, no, I was
0: working. You're too when? young to forget yeah. what we said. Dylan, like, you're getting Dylan. called out on the oh podcast. God. Dylan. Yo, Yo my Give you the opportunity
2: right. to come run at
0: the 5K. It was during a Dr. Baez show. Kelly Baez. Right. We were with Dr. Kelly Baez. No, remember, yeah, I worked counselor. the morning show that, that day. Yeah, but you were going to come back. You were going to come later, though. I was going to we try there. to. I was going to try but too much stuff came up. Ah, I'm excuses. a busy man. I'm a busy okay. man. I but think
2: s- it was even a podcast on excuses.
0: There you go. <laughs> but here's, here's, and that's exactly. we was a podcast. Why do we make excuses and that? Poor when Dylan. you have patients like that that make excuses and you see you're not getting anywhere with them, not picking on you, Dylan, here. No, nah, <laughs> nah, it's good. It's good. But <laughs> if you have someone like Dylan, and there is someone like Dylan, let's <laughs> say, <clears throat> let's use Dylan, too. Dylan is a thin guy, he doesn't really work out. Is he not a, true. Not no, true. Not I okay. work out like five days a week, but okay. okay what do you do? No, tell me <laughs> wow. you do. I didn't know that. No, seriously, bro. <laughs> yeah, yeah, i go to Planet Fitness. <laughs> okay. Okay. I know it's that all this, you know, this you know, all this is going away in post. This is all going, this will not you even air. This is going away in post. He's going to edit this. No, there's, okay, there's an episode. Who was it? It was, who is who is the the guy who who does like clown stuff on the side? Oh, oh, uh, uh Jared Bice. Jared Bice, yeah, J- yeah. 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 So remember yeah. you made me flex in that episode. And then yeah. I re- I recently I recently looked like went back to the episode and see if I made any progress. I made a little bit of progress. Okay, and stuff. Good. So so he's <laughs> getting muscle. He's 20 years old. At least he's doing five days a week. Yep. He's yeah. good. Well, Wait. actually, like like four days no, a week, four or five days no. a week. Oh, it comes <laughs> out. Oh, yeah, yeah, it's been a busy week. It's been a busy week. So do we work? I know Joanne's gonna say every day we should do something. Is that mm-hmm. true,
2: Joanne? Yes, every day.
0: Every day. Uh, cardiologist every day. We should do something. Or what's
1: your recommend? What is the the medical recommendation? I I, tr- I try to be practical, you know. Because yeah. but at the same time, I think every day is actually a great way to look the at realist it. Realist and, and but practical. exactly. Yeah. But uh, but at the same time, I think you know our our general recommendation is trying to get you know a fair amount of exercise three or four days a week. Um, but kind of what I find is, is that if you kind of get in a good routine, I mean, you say, was it 21 days of doing something, it becomes a habit. Right. And, um, and so, so you, you know, you, 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 you do that and you say, Hey, I'm going to do something today. Um, I read a fitness book about 20 something years ago, and I only remember one line from it that tells you how good it was. But, but what it said was, is no one has time to exercise. And, and, yeah. and, and so oh, I all, so
2: there's my soapbox. So I remember it's this. I so really this is the this one joint. thing
1: I remember. And I tell people this all the time. I said, you know, if you really think about it, we make time for the junk we want to do. Exactly. Like, you know, hey, Ozark season four, come out. We're going to binge it. Right. Hey, you know, uh, yeah. uh, the new thing showed up or, or, or Hey, we're going to go out to dinner. So you make time for the things you, re- you really want to do. And so, so yeah. exercise should actually be just as important as Ozark or, or, right. or, what, or whatever, or the, the Bob just podcast yeah. uh, with Joanne. You know, so, so it should be, you know, it should be, um, it should be a priority and uh, and especially you know long term because regret is the worst feeling in the world and i tell people all the time i said you know especially for the younger people that are coming in saying hey you know i've kind of let myself go i want to get into shape um, i said you know i really applaud you for doing this now because every decade you wait it gets harder and harder and harder and i cannot tell you how many times i see people who kind of say oh i'm going to wait until I re- when i retire oh i'm going to i'm going to yeah. re- that's when i'm going to really make it happen and then it becomes a problem then and so so we're getting into the psyche in this a yeah. oh, absolutely
0: do you think we can get Marty Bird on here and Ruth and see what really is happening at the end of the season of
1: Ozark? <laughs> Absolutely. But, but you know, the, the, yeah. the mind—you know—we've talked about this. The mind is actually the biggest barrier, right? I can tell you from personal experience. You know, I got tennis elbow, and so I didn't go to the gym there for for a little while.
2: God so, gave you two legs, hey, they, two arms. They, for, for whatever, Not
1: Joanne's going to get on you yeah. for whatever reason. The hardest thing for me to do was to get to step foot across that that threshold again. Oh, yeah. And 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 you just you know you just have to. You just have to do it. And
0: Does a thin person have any advantage over somebody who's maybe a little bit overweight? Or is I'm going to tell you problem. a really
1: great yeah. story. So when I was at Hopkins, I was uh, I was a fellow, and I had clinic. And I had a guy that came to see me who was an ultra marathon runner. He would go nameless, but this is one of these guys that runs yeah. 75 miles at a clip. Yeah. And he came to me, and he said, hey, he didn't know he was going to be seeing a fellow. He, he was expecting to see the chief of cardiology. And so he said, hey, when I hit mile 50, I'm hitting the wall. And I said, okay. He said, and he said, if you tell me that there's nothing wrong with me, I'll just forget about it. He said, but I've been to Mayo Clinic in Rochester, yeah. and I've been to one of the Harvard programs. And, and I said, well, what did they say? He said, they said, oh, if you can run 50 miles, you've got nothing wrong with you. And he was a thin guy, yeah. you know, his mid-40s, thin guy, looked very fit and everything. And I said, well, what did the stress test show? He said, well, they didn't stress test me. He said, if I can run 50 miles, I don't need to be on the stress test. So I said, So I said, well, I'd feel better about giving you a recommendation if I just, let's see. Yeah. You know, I wanna see what's going on when you hit the wall. You are yeah. a good doctor. And so, so Joanne, like yeah, I, I agree you with you. You are them. now my Come favorite doctor. Oh well thank Joanne. you. I, pretty, Rocky, I still have I still have an hour to yeah. screw it up. Yeah. Um, you are now uh, my favorite doctor. <laughs> but so so I put him on the treadmill, and I I'll never forget it was around noon, and every nurse and every fellow hated me because this guy broke every record. It ended up being like if you ever saw Rocky IV, where Ivan Drago's doing that mm-hmm. thing with his arms. Sure, right. That's what it ended up. Like. I end up I ended up going to get the guy weights. So we had this treadmill. Up this guy's and, in and good thing. shape. And, and so he's, and, and so everybody's like, "Come on, we want to go to lunch. You know, can you just can we call this thing? Can we just yeah. call this?" I said, "We're gonna wait. Let's just see what happens." Sure enough, he says, that's it. That's what I feel. And he's sitting with his weights and everything on the treadmill, running fast. Look at his EKG. Every EKG lead went boom, went down at that point. Whoa. So this was okay. This was around noon. Okay. By two o'clock we had him in the cath lab. By four thirty, he was in the operating room. He had left main disease. Widowmaker. So uh, worse than the Widowmaker. It's actually oh, before wow. the widowmakers. Ooh. It's the artery that goes to the first three that come over. So, so this oh, is even worse than that. So he was actually getting bypass surgery, and so I really use that as a strong teaching point because this guy was so well conditioned. He didn't look like he should be. You know, he he didn't look like kind of your average cardiac patient, your average bypass patient, um, but he knew his body. And and, and 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 I'm a big believer in that. And so, um, so you you know your body better than anybody. And if you're telling me something's wrong, we're gonna we're, I'll do my best to try to figure it out.
2: Everyone should go see you. Thank you, yeah.
0: Joanne. You yeah. you kind of you perked up on that because that's something yeah. that what what is it with you? No, that you I mean like about
2: I, that? I mean, and I, I've I've had struggles in in the past. Not a heart. Well, I mean, a fun fact, Bob, I had a heart murmur. I don't I might that. I might Never still have that. it. I don't know. You need knows? to go get. Uh, he doesn't a, bother me. I'm yeah. you know I'm pretty well, good. But they, you
0: say that, but maybe you should. get Maybe I should. should. I don't, I don't know. Last
2: time I went, they couldn't find it, so maybe it was gone. I mm-hmm. don't know. So, um, but uh, uh, there's so many people that we have at the gym who are, you know, are great athletes. They're in good shape, mm-hmm. or, or um, it mostly comes down to hormones and, um, and endocrinology in in my field. But it's so much like I, I, I feel this way. I shouldn't feel this way, and so many doctors out there are just going you're fine yeah, and you fall within normal levels. And uh, my argument is always, I had this conversation this morning with someone I'm like, well, what is normal? You fall in normal, but what is normal? Normal is a really big, long, it's a huge range. The,
1: the, the way they actually figure out what normal is, they take 10,000 people they consider to be quote-unquote normal, right. and they lay all their numbers out, and they lop off the top part and the bottom part, and kind of whatever's in the middle is what they consider to be normal. So right. you know, I, I, I generally look at it as a little bit more like a thermostat. Right. You know, your yeah. thermostat yeah. May, be, may be a different set than yours. And so we see this all the time, especially with younger people who come in worrying about their fast heart rate. The Apple right. Watch is giving them an alarm. You know, their, their heart rate, their average heart rate is 110. Right. You know, some people are just like that. And so, but again, you but know. But I think
2: it, you have to be a... The, mm-hmm. uh, excuse the pun here. I think you have to be a champion for your own health. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, like, I mean, uh, y- yeah. You, yeah, I know. That was like the only good thing that I could come up with today. No, that was good. <laughs> that was good. Um, but, uh, I, I mean, there is something to be said to not give up on yourself. Yeah. So, I mean, and if something's wrong and somebody's not going to listen to you, then you go to the next person, and you go to the next person.
1: W- what I hear all the time, too, is, 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 yeah, all my doctors just say it's stress. And and I and I remind people, you know, because certainly you know anxiety and that sure. type of thing that can cause shortness of breath, it can cause chest discomfort, it can cause palpitations and that type of thing. And I and I remind everybody, said yes, it can, but that's the diagnosis of exclusion. You know, if you if you're having chest pain, we need to make sure it's not your heart. If it's not your heart, that it may be something nerve related coming out of the, the mm-hmm. neck. It may be GI, a lot of times we see a lot of G.I. related issues, hiatal hernia, reflux, esophageal spasm. You know, the esophagus actually touches the back of the heart as it comes down, to, comes down oh, the chest, and so that's why we get indigestion. People feel like.
0: I'm getting a, it's one of the symptoms. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. A, I never knew that. In fact, yeah. I always
1: recommend to people, I say, go get a bottle of Gaviscon or Mylanta and Maalox and keep it in the refrigerator, you know, bottom shelf between the cocktail sauce and the tartar sauce down the road, you know, down the way from the anchovy paste and the mint garlic and, and just keep it there. Yeah. And, you know, if you get, ch- cause I will tell you, esophage- I've had esophageal spasm and it does, it will lay you out and it will make it because it is right behind your heart. Ibuprofen you like does
0: that to me. I get that spasm. It's, it's bizarre. Oh, it's horrific. You you think you're having a heart attack right. I and mean, you, you don't even know what that is, but you would say. Now I know what a heart attack would feel like, you know, without doing it. I liked it, the choices we have in American medicine. You work at Southeastern Cardiology. Mm -hmm. Um, Joanne said it too. You just said it as far as everybody's different at range. Mm -hmm. Because as a meteorologist, I I tend to go with that too. They say normal, heck with normal, average. Here's your average temperatures, but what is normal? But at the same time, that average would vary. You would custom. That average each person. You're not going to prescribe them to that focus group. They got lobbed off on the prefix and suffix. You take the root part of it and say, "Well, okay, then you fall there." This is right. the way it should be. You're saying, "Uh-uh," mm-hmm. and we're going to specifically look at you and and break it down. And that, to me, that's great medicine. And that's that's what you that's what you.
1: Look at it. That's really myself and my colleagues. You know, we're big believers. You know, we always the 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 joke has always been, well, that's why they call it practicing medicine because no one really knows what they're doing. You try something, if it works, great, you declare victory. If it doesn't work, you try something else. I I kind of like the term personalized medicine, like try to find what works for that person. Mm -hmm. Same thing, you know, what what blood pressure medicine works for one person may not work for another. As as a as a cardiologist sitting in my you know sitting in my own little. Wheelhouse, and you know, I've, I've recommended to a lot of people hey, you probably need to go see a kidney specialist, or hey, you need to go see a, a, a pulmonologist, or things like that, just to try to help guide them in the right direction.
0: Well, we're going to be listening to ourselves for a long time here. We're also going to be, uh, we're going to have some nice little links here for Dr. Champion. Some of these papers he has written in detail, which are fascinating, especially the broken heart syndrome. That, that's just uh, amazing stuff, and we want you to change your life if you can, any way you can. So, you know, all the time, little fitness. Listen to yourself, be introspective, and make sure that you, you know, make a, make a diet plan for yourself. Get, make a nice routine. Don't make excuses. Get off the couch. Move a little bit. Well, you say, what's, what's the acronym? ABM?
1: ABM, always be moving. There
0: you go. ABM. Keep the life and living. There you go. Amen to that. It sounds good. Well, guys, it was a great uh, episode today. Awesome, awesome uh, time here with Dr. Hunter, Hunter Champion here from Southeastern Cardiology, Columbus, Georgia. There's a link at the bottom. You can learn more about that. Also, catch this episode and more. You can even get the video portion of this right here at WRBL.com. The Bob Jeswold Show. the scan, scan down. Check out episode four with Dr. Champion. And this episode is. As well, and you can check us out also on those places where you consume your podcasts iHeart, Apple, and uh, much more, right? Spotify, Spotify. why not? There you go. Look at Spotify. You knew that. Look at, see how he did it. He knew he's looking at Spotify and you can catch us on social media. We're going to go ahead and we're going to link this and pin it at the top of a page. We're talking about uh, Facebook, Bob Jezwald, Twitter, and Instagram. You can find me in any of these places. And today, remember, always move, always be moving. That's the new, new trend here. Health and wellness right here on the Bob Jezwald Show with Joanne Kogel and Hunter Champion. Thank you so much. It was great.